Welcome to Read This Fucking Book, episode 23, Daughter of the Blood by Ann Bishop. I'm Elena. And I'm Rachel. And before we get started tonight, I want to give our listeners a trigger warning. This is something that neither Rachel nor I has felt the need to do yet in any of the books we've read. And if you've been listening the whole time, you know we're pretty loosey-goosey about um, what we talk about. We cover a lot of topics, but... This book has themes of rape, sexual torture, non-sexual consent, pedophilia, grooming of children for sex, violent rape of a child, and incest. If any of that is a nope zone for you, skip this episode and definitely skip this book. Yeah, and it's not its not subtle. That's pretty much what the book's about. So if you want to skip that, go ahead. So um, with that out of the way, Rachel, have you been reading anything else um, besides books for the podcast? Yes, I think I've been probably reading the polar opposite of Daughter of the Blood right now. I'm reading the latest uh, C.J. Cherry novel. It's actually C.J. Cherry and her partner Jane Fancher. They've gone back into her Alliance Union universe and they wrote a book called Alliance Rising, The Hinder Stars One. So it's all the way at the beginning. If you are new to C.J. Cherry's Alliance Union universe or what I call the Merchanter universe because I'm old, uh, you can start with Alliance Rising and you will be at the very beginning chronologically so that's a good place to start if you're intimidated i like it a lot uh it's a lot of like heavy science fiction uh the setup is that and like all of her like her her alliance union universe is kind of set up as like there are three kind of main zones that humans uh live in and trade in in the in the in the galaxy basically based on gravity wells and uh, Alliance Rising in particular is about one of those space stations, the one closest to Earth, uh, and therefore the one that is kind of in the middle of a lot of different politics between Earth-based uh, companies and further out Hinder Stars-based companies. So it's really good. Um, it has no romance in it that, I can, that I've seen yet. <laughs> uh, not a lot of children, although it is about families, um, but it's one of those big kind of like family generational ship slash, uh, yeah, space station kind of, kind of stories. And I really like it. And it's really cool that she got to write with Jane, who has always been helping her write uh, books and kind of keeping track of all of those things as well. So it's nice to see them working together. Absolutely. And uh, for our listeners this uh, who might be confused because they're remembering the name Cherry, but maybe no familiarity, this is definitely not the same universe as the Foreigner books, correct? Correct. Completely different universe. All right. But it is the uh, same universe as her other famous books like Down Below Station and Citine. All right. Um, well, I definitely have not um, managed to read anything besides podcast books, but... <clears throat> I want to point out that Anne Leckie, who's a big favorite of ours, has a book coming out next month. Um, no, this month, next week, uh, on the 26th of February. So, hooray for that. I think it's a, totally, a total departure from what she's done before. Frankly, I don't need to read the description. I know I'm going to buy it and read it and <laughs> probably love it. So I think it's her first foray into fantasy. Yeah, um, because everything else she's done was in the ancillary justice universe, which was very hard science fiction. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what she does with a fantasy setting. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it for sure. 
Absolutely. I'm looking forward to talking to you about it whenever we get around to that. So with that said, um, we can attempt to talk around my horrible cold um, about the book that I assigned you at the end of last episode. Um, Again, the title of this book is Daughter of the Blood. It is the first in the Black Jewels trilogy by Anne Bishop. This book was originally published in 1998. The other books in the trilogy followed in 1999 and 2000. There was an omnibus edition of all three that was published in 2003. Um, It won the William C. Crawford Fantasy Award in 2000. Uh, Wikipedia was a little ambiguous about whether the award was uh, strictly for the third book or for the entire trilogy. Does it really matter? This is one of those trilogies that's one story split into three books, but they really, none of them work as standalone um, stories. So um, there are currently four other novels in the world and two novella or short story collections that I think have four stories each. As far as I know, um, she's not writing in this world currently. She has three other worlds that she writes in, and uh, this one hasn't seen a new book in about a decade at this point. So, anyway, Rachel, uh, do you want to tell us what this book is about besides the themes? I'm going to try. So, uh, what the heck is this book about? Actually, I think that the plot is deceptively simple um in comparison to the to a lot of melodrama um in you know people's feelings and and all that good stuff so there uh there appears to be a a kind of fantasy world uh a a fey type world that we are kind of familiar with at this point (laughs) and the there's a caste system uh, everyone's born or so i guess most people are born that have magical powers uh, there are some regular humans but we don't care about them at all uh but everyone is born with uh, kind of like a, a jewel uh color associated with their magic um and then you some uh, there's power levels but basically the darker the jewel the more powerful you are and uh you live your life through adolescence until you're kind of an adult uh and then you can kind of make an offering to the darkness which which is kind of their pseudo-religious kind of coming of age. And when you do that, you can drop up to three levels. Um, So if you start out as, I have a chart here, if you start out, say, as uh, yellow, which is the second lightest, so one of the weaker jewels, you can descend three to summer sky, which makes you still not very uh, powerful. But if you are born red, which is one of the lowers, you can descend three all the way to black, which makes you some of the more powerful people. So most of the people that we're dealing with in the story are between, are in the darker colors, some reds, some even grays, and some blacks. It's a power struggle. Um, it seems to be a matriarchal society that uh, has a lot of patience patriarchal um, nuance and every so often a very powerful queen uh, is born and we come into the story just when a very powerful queen is born some of the very very old uh, more powerful male characters have been around for a very long time kind of seemingly waiting for her and as she is coming into her power they are struggling to kind of place themselves in her orbit and also protect her and find her and also continue fighting the past queens that have kind of redone the entire world and their entire 
society in order to keep power from slipping out of their hands, which is another theme that we've uh, maybe covered uh, in, in past books. That's the kind of overarching story. Our main character, who we never get a point of view from, is Janelle. She is the new queen, and she is surrounded by a bunch of different males. Uh, the most important are the Lord of Hell himself, uh, Satan. And we could talk about pronunciation, but Satan, um, his one of, and then his two bastard sons, uh, Damon and uh, Lucifer, uh, and yeah. You're, there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, similarities between the book that we reread in the episode prior to this, but I think yeah. also from in other books that we've read. Yeah, um, well, I think that is a um, a very good summary of just the general like political lay um, of, of the society. And I mean, this book is um, absolutely an introduction um, book. And I mean, I mean that in the sense that while things happen in the book, it's really setting up the larger story um, and what's to come. And so it kind of has that slow burn. Um, honestly, reminds me a, a lot of uh, like, and this is me making a comment against the context of the full trilogy, but it kind of reminds me a lot of the Fellowship of the Ring and how you have just so much like ground playing character development at the beginning and you're not really sure where everything's going. And at some point, yes, action happens and things start coming together. But um, it, it's a good for for me as a rereader. It's a it's just a really nice way to say, hey, here's all these characters, and here's a chance to get to know them a little bit and experience a little bit of the life as they've led it, and um, you know, just sort of watch them being woven closer and closer together as. Um, events kind of unfold and they make choices that bring them t toward each other and um, you know Janelle is sort of the center point of it. Um, I want to point out in this society um, like the whole society is set up around I guess there are other aspects than just the magic um, that a woman might have so she can either have like a queen energy or some of them have a, a priestess energy but um, the queen energy basically attracts other people to her to to serve and to sort of be a ballast to her power and, and things like that. So Janelle is not only a very powerful queen, she's also the manifestation of witch. So it's sort of like this um, almost like reborn goddess sort of energy where she's more than simply a human she's more than simply a magic wielder she's more than simply a queen and, yeah, and that's I why she's that, the one that they've been waiting for yeah she, it's it's weird because it's like they have all these titles lord warlord prince queen mm -hmm. priestess uh and even the black widow uh they don't appear to have any political i mean there's political heft with them but there's no real like royal or slash political structure that would be mm -hmm. like i'm so-and-so's child or i'm you know i'm therefore i am a queen it's it's really a birthright of like an energy right it's like an energy it's a very mm -hmm. um yeah yeah and in, in in the in the way the magic is just is distributed is very egalitarian yeah it's and, very yeah it's random and there definitely are politics and, you know, families that have more power than other families or more wealth or things like that. Um, but that's, it's almost secondary because 
you can only have so much power if you don't have a queen energy in your family. Um, and I think we should also point out that there is a difference in in races here in that they have what are called the long-lived races or what versus the human races. So humans are presumably, you know, normal humans. They have the normal human kind of lifespan of 70 to 100 years. And then the long-lived races, it's never directly said, but you can definitely hit thousands of years, maybe 10,000 years if you're a member of one of them. Um, so they're more of the traditional, you know, fae or elf, uh, I guess, style where they're yeah. changeless and they seem, you know, uh, immortal to humans because compared to a human life, they are. They also introduce kind of late, and I assume this is going to come back later in the other books, but there are the same thing seems to be happening in the animal world as with the, the people world. There are, there are animals that have more, uh, you refer to them as warlords, so I don't know if they get jewel colors or not. I have no clue. <laughs> um, but, you know, they've got their own. They're not people trapped in animal bodies. They're just, like, exceptional animals with more power than those around them. Yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely see more of um, of that dynamic in, in later books. But um, Yeah, it's like Shadowfax. You know, Shadowfax, he's the lord of all horses in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he's not. Yes, ex- he's still exactly. a horse. <laughs> yeah. Or like, um, you know, uh, Gwen, uh, Gwenrier or whatever is the Lord of the, the oh, Eagles. Oh, why here? And, yeah. 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 Um, so, um, I just, uh, so I did want to talk about, so this book is so weird because the whole time I was reading it, I was like, this was written in the eighties mm-hmm. and it wasn't like far from it. 1998. Like I was an, basically an adult. When this came out. Well, um, it, I mean, it, it is possible that it was written much earlier than it was published. Um, right. I'm, I'm guessing it was probably written in like the early to mid 90s and then early started. Right. So in, in There's just of- something very like metal 80s video <laughs> about, the, about the whole thing, really. It's just so like Lord of Hell and his demon dead and his like undead court and... Like the skulls and the bones and like people of animal energies and everyone's wearing leather pants. Like the one scene where Damon is like wearing that weird outfit and Janelle comes in and he describes the outfit. And I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, literally it was Jareth. <laughs> it was Jareth. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, yeah, that, that's hot. But uh, I mean, that's not exactly exotic or weird. <laughs> I think also like speaking of Jareth. You could drop him into this story and it would be fine. Uh-huh. Like, that's the kind of energy that these characters have. Like, very over-the-top, guy-liner, leather pants. Questionable feelings towards two young people. Yep. Uh, long-tinted, yep. Uh, black, like, long-tinted fingernails. Yep. Oh, yeah, the long-tinted fingernails. Which, by the way, I got no use for a dude with long fingernails. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with multiple reasons for that, yes. (laughs) Could paint them, that's fine, but I don't need long, sharp, no thank you. (laughs) No, okay. But, but, oh, but Rachel, it doesn't matter because Damon has his, like, air hands that he can use on you instead. Oh, right, I forgot the air hands. So, yeah, let's get into this. So, I think we we should, we should, (laughs) like, at the very beginning, we should point out that not only 
do these books seem very similar to the Sarah Mass books that we just completed? They share vocabulary, names, mm-hmm. like proper noun names, um, geography, power structure. I mean, like, clearly Sarah has read these books. Clearly. And yeah. I'm actually surprised that I've never seen anyone reference these books. It, like, if you like Sarah Mass, you should read mm-hmm. Ambishop. Probably know? because these books are super fucked up, Rachel. So <laughs> I'm, one, one, of, one of my ending questions was actually, and I'm just going to move it to the beginning. On a scale of Tamlin, which equals fuck no, to Reese, which equals fuck yes, how sure are we that Mass read these books? So I'm going to go <laughs> with a definite Reese on this. Oh, yeah. Re- yes. Reese <laughs> in the night. I mean, he even says darling. I, it's crazy. It's crazy. The stuff that she lift, like, I don't want to say lifted because I'm not trying to say plagiarism, but it is, it is. It, this a, was definitely it's in. It's more the, than homage, the, I think. Yeah, this, it's this like was definitely obsessive. in the Susan of her creative, of her creative cauldron, you know. Yeah. That, uh, that was used in creating the Court of Thorns and Roses books. Like, this was right. definitely in there. And, you know, like, I, I, we very clearly enjoyed those novels. I'm not calling her, I'm not trying to, like, put a negative spin on this, but. She very clearly read them. She lifted names. There's a character called Prithian. You know, like, there. I don't mm-hmm. know if there... I think the only thing that we couldn't figure out, like, that actually existed was, like, the cauldron in the wall, right? Like, that, that I've encountered yeah. yet in the books. So, but everything else, like, there's a Lord of Hell, and there's a race of people called Illyrians, although I think in the book they're Irians. There's, like, yeah. missing one L. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean they're 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 winged. They're super like warlike, tough. There's creepy, you know, shitty the priestesses mountains. that you need to hit in the face a lot. They clip they clip wings, you know, of the um, ones they don't like. Like it's like mm-hmm. so. Uh, so when uh, when Pharaoh looks into the mirror and sees like her beast self, mm-hmm. like Janelle also has a beast self. Yeah, and it's also kind of a conglomerate of, like, multiple different, you Yeah, like know, a chimera type of, like... Yeah. She's like a fawn. She's like a hot fawn chimera, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a hot fawn with, like, tiger claws and um, a horse mane. And, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but it's, it's, it's supposed to also be, like, terrifying. Like, she's supposed to be just that powerful. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> just gonna put that out there i don't want to it's just kind of crazy though like you reading having read mass reading these books is kind of i think a lot easier mm-hmm. and less confusing because it's so familiar it's like oh okay i get it i get what's happening i get the dynamics i understand mm-hmm. like like damon is the bat you know is like the the son of hell and he's got the the best friend slash enemy slash funny brother with the wings mm-hmm. and like i mean <laughs> then and then uh, uh satan's other son is very much like asriel because he's like a shadow undead kind of mm-hmm. guy yeah <laughs> yep and um i mean if you want to talk about um the uh the, like these books and this was something that bothered me i guess on a philosophical level when i read them before there's this inversion of like, oh, we worship the night and we worship darkness, but yet in an actual like moral sense, like the morals of the main characters are absolutely like, you know, chivalric, like knight on the white horse type of morals um, versus 
what like readers from our culture would consider the truly kind of black immoral ugly ugliness of like the you know dorothea tainted culture which Mm -hmm. basically all our main characters are fighting against that and so it's this weird thing where you have all this you know as as rachel in the 80s heavy metal is just such like a great way to say it like all these (laughs) trappings of darkness and like gothiness and yet like they are absolutely like moral characters as we would consider that you know like their morals are light side or morals like right well to, to at least they know when something's wrong they do it anyway yeah. but they know it's wrong from our point of view <laughs> um so yeah so now that we we kind of got the the mass stuff out of the way let's let's dig into this so uh there's three relevant realms in this first book uh yeah. there's there's hell which is where the dead live uh that's where and satan is the high lord uh teriel which is the realm of light and kind of like our main our main area where everyone lives and then part of like there's like a there's a bunch of courts there but one of them is like an annex court called the shylot shallot yeah. um linguistically I, i've debated is that like sh- coming off of shallot like onion with like layers of onion or is it like uh. shiloh <laughs> like you know, uh, I don't know yes. some sort of horrible battleground reference or just right you and know. then I couldn't figure out where Killier was. Is that part of hell? Um, okay, so... I needed a uh, map. Remember when I texted you and said I need a map? <laughs> yeah, this is this is a fantasy series that really suffers from a lack of maps. <laughs> like, I know... Like, remember how there was a, a while where you couldn't have an epic fantasy book without a map? Yeah. And then they... I think just to be different, they started, like not putting maps in and like oh you could just make your own or like you know it doesn't you don't need a map or you know the maps are too limiting or whatever i don't know right. i guess people well i think what confuses me is the fact that hell is a place you can go which to me yeah. that means are all these places like metaphysical are right. they all existing on different planes and she can jump between them or are they just different countries exactly like it, it's so weird like is this just like is this one continent that has basically like uh three like it's divided up into three because of mountain ranges or are they actual like different like different realms like yeah uh, well because no one walks anywhere they take the magic winds so right the web of winds which (laughs) um or or they go through a dark dark altar i guess the dark altars are how you get like from realm to realm and then the winds are like within a realm but i think they talk about like jumping like like using the winds to get between realms too so it's just right so hell is the realm of the dead teriel is the realm of the light and kalir is the is the is the shadow realm yeah yeah so it's um yeah and and i think you don't have to be dead to be from kalir you could just yeah and it's weird because like there are places that exist in all three realms and so then it's like well is this like fairy you know basically right. being like existing on top of the human world and it can you can interact with it at certain like gates and places or at certain times like that veil gets thinner you know or or is this actually like two different places it's so unclear um right and that but- I, to me the thing it's fine that it's unclear but also sometimes i have a hard hard time understanding what's at stake like is it right. the world is it like really what's at stake Right. <laughs> so most of, yeah, but like in this book, most of the action takes place in Tyrell. That's how I've, I've always said it. Oh, um, okay, that's fine. And I uh, say Tyrell. <laughs> it, uh, um, there's, I think, a couple scenes that take place in 
Kalir and a couple scenes that take place in hell, but those are basically just like informational sort of like Satan getting um, information. It's not the actual things happening in the yeah. world. And he's, um, it's Satan, S-A-E-T-A-N, because it's not Satan, but he's Satan. And it's Damon, D-A-E-M-O-N, like, like demon. Yeah, uh-huh. like, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, also, like his last name always got me because it's Damon Soddy. Mm-hmm. And there are two things that freaked me out. One was it reminded me of Naughty, which is the honorific in the Foreigner novels, the mm-hmm. Cherry Naughty. So it was almost like people were just saying it like to say Mr. or something. <laughs> and so it took me a really long time to figure out that that was just his last name. And then also related to that is in Wheel of Time all the witches are called the eyes to die. Mm. So mm-hmm. it was like, he was Damon Sedai. And I'm like, no, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> it's not an honorific. It's his name. Um, so yeah, Damon Sadi, who is apparently named after Satan saw Diablo. Somehow mm-hmm. Satan's and, real um, name is. And you know, and then Lucifer, like uh, that's not any part of Satan's name, but of course in our world, we know it's the right. same. Right, it's the same, and then he's got a, He's got his mother's last name because he's an Irian, Illyrian, Irian. Exactly, <laughs> and he's basically Cassian. He's Cassian. He's Cassian. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Janelle also has her mother's name because mm-hmm. it's a matriarchal society. So they tend to the women tend to take keep their mothers' names. Uh, and then there's a random character that is kind of friends with Damon, and her name is Surreal. Or uh, Surreal. Or Surreal. Um, uh, and she's yeah. sort of like a cousin and sort of not. <coughs> because oh, she's... Oh, wait, she's Cartain. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So it was Cartain and then Greer. Greer killed her mother, mm-hmm. but Cartain was her father. Yeah. So she's... Okay. Um, She's the illegitimate daughter of um, the son of uh, the woman who pretends to be Damon's mother. Uh, she used to be married to Satan, but she didn't actually have any children, or she didn't have Damon anyway. Um, well, and he's had two wives? Uh, yes, I believe Hecate so. Hecate and Cassandra? Yeah, so... <laughs> It's very know. complicated. I guess this is how it would be if someone lived for 10,000 years. Like, they yeah. would, would get, it would get complicated. Exactly. Like, I mean, just imagine how long that, uh, you know, divorce echoes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, she's, she's sort of a cousin, but like by marriage, not by blood. <laughs> right. Uh, and she hangs out with, with Damon, but she's, because she was an illegitimate daughter, she did not grow up as being like part of the family even though she runs around with the last name and so she's basically a whore but she's a very high class whore who also is an assassin yes so for hire um, and she uses the whoring to get to her to her victims but all of these people have a magic that is referred to as the craft which is just so 90s it hurts me and (laughs) The craft seems to have not a lot of rules, but a lot of making things float, a lot of, uh, there's potion making, and then there's some, like, weave, woven type spells, very Wheel of Timey. Yeah, well, the, I mean, the craft is 
especially as we see it in this book, is it, it is definitely like physical manipulation of the world. It's not some esoteric, you know, um, karma-based sort of spell work where, you know, you like power your crystals and like, you know, ask for a threefold return on, you know, some good deed you did or some horrible thing someone did to you. Like, it's not like that, you know, it's very direct, like manipulation of reality. Like you can, um, well, you know, if you can figure out how to walk on air or you can bring things across the room or you can bring yourself to another physical space than where you are now. Like you right. can heal you can go through a you wall can... or you can, yeah. And there are aspects of it that are, I guess not allowed or not like like the not everyone is able to do that are more esoteric and this is like the the like what the black widows do it's um basically prophesy, prophesying where they'll you know weave a tangled web and like see some vision of it's you know essentially Galadriel's mirror type thing of things that may yet be or sometimes things that are happening right now and so that kind of gives them you know, an opportunity to intervene and change events and either prevent something from happening or get there sooner than, than they would have if they hadn't, you know, known about it or, or give a warning to someone who can do something and, and so on. Right. And then part of being a Black Widow, not only is this prophesying, but like it kind of puts you closer to the chances that you could go mad because you are having to look into, they're like little Kwisatz Hatteracks. Like they have mm-hmm. to look into the dark places that no one else could look. They have to make sense of it without going mad. Right. Um, Which brings up the fact that like, the the twisted kingdom is what's called like madness but there's also an implication that it's a literal place as yeah. well but so you again with like the, the weirdness of like what's what's where are all of these places and how do they interact because i'm pretty sure janelle talks about like going into the twisted kingdom to physically bring tersa out at one point and right so you can be trained as a black widow or you can be a natural black widow yes are it's only the natural black widows that have the milk tooth or no because Damon's is fake no Damon's is real uh he and he and satan are the only two uh male black like natural black widows that are known to exist so the milk tooth ladies is the uh (laughs) that third finger on the hands um which the nails are kept very long and very dark um, that third finger is, has like a little venom stinger in it that ha- and in the finger can fill up with poison. The grossest scene in the book is when Damon <laughs> forgets, reaches the ripe old age of like 4,000 or whatever, forgets to <laughs> milk his tooth and the poison, the milk solidifies into like... <laughs> A hard pus, we're going to do this, a hard pus that he has to squeeze out of his finger. It's like, it's at once like passing a kidney stone and also popping a huge boil or like a zit (laughs) in like thick skin. Uh Uh-huh. It's, and it goes on for so long. And it also is wrapped up in like becoming like a emotional physical scene between him and Janelle where she's like (laughs) taking care of him and like milking the tooth, his finger for him, even though it hurts. It's gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in, in Damon's defense. That's the least of the, of the squicky gross things in this book. (laughs) We haven't gotten to the cock rings. 
Okay. There's so many <laughs> gross things in this book. I mean, in, da- in Damon's defense, um, he doesn't actually really know how to take care of it because he wasn't properly trained. So he's gotten like bits and pieces of stuff he's overheard from like women who may or may not have been properly trained themselves. And so he's basically like figured out enough to survive, but he doesn't really know what he's doing with it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. There's it's just clearly there's no a metaphor for his penis. <laughs> um, speaking of penises that don't work. So, Mm-hmm. I just want to jump in. So we're going to, I'm going to look, can I, can I just steer us towards this? So let's talk about the kind of what we, what we think Bishop was doing <laughs> with the construction mm-hmm. of the society and the way that it works. Um, yeah. Before we start talking about kind of the way it comes off to us as I, I mean, a modern reader, it's not, has been 20 years. It hasn't been that long. Um, and then we can get into the cock rings because that's just, we cannot skip that. Stay tuned section later. <laughs> Cock rings, sex stuff. What did what did we yeah. call it? What did we call it? Uh, a quarter oh, climbs and cock rings. Yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, so the society. It seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that in an attempt to highlight the way that it kind of oftentimes feels or, or can be in fantasy novels and also maybe real life. Um, in an attempt to highlight what it's like to be female and like the only female in the group or how like rape is often used as a plot point, uh, like all that stuff, like all that, that sexual political kind of, um, motivation wrapped up in young beauty, uh, and like all that stuff that's been perverted for, in the patriarchy that Anne Bishop has created a, uh, an inverted society that starts out as a matriarchy but obviously, there's a lot of feminist viewpoints that would, like, kind of think, okay, well, a matriarchy is like Themyscira, right? It's, like, more of a, mm-hmm. a an ideal of a, of a society. But she basically takes this matriarchal society and does nothing else to, to stop, to switch the patriarchy, except for flipping everyone's genders. So people who are in power are female, uh, but they are still oppressing, right, the, mm-hmm. the, the gender... Uh, whatever that's that's not the dominant gender so men are enslaved men are used for their magic men are used as sexual playthings. uh women in are they have multiple sex partners they have children that they don't uh care about or, or claim i mean am i am i am i going in the right direction mm-hmm I'm I'm waiting for you to miss something or okay. misstate something, but you're so keep going. I don't like. I have no idea. Like I say, I see in the notes that like one of the questions you pose is like, "Is this a realistic matriarchy?" I don't know because I I don't live in one and I've never <laughs> been been to one. So, do, do I think that this is a realistic matriarchy if it was modeled on patriarchy? Probably, terrifyingly so. Um. I mean, there's still, it's, it's really weird. They're kind of packed in with all of this is like, there are many cues that, that are trying to beat us over the head as a reader that like, this is not an ideal society and that we shouldn't be into it because of all the incest. (laughs) There's just so much incest that you can't ignore it. And I know like incest is kind of like vogue right now in fantasy. Thanks. Game of Thrones. But like, this This is is not not the sexy kind. 
No, this isn't the sexy read about it in history books, potentially. No, no. It's like people are fucking their fathers, their mo- their sons. I mean, even there's a even Damon and Satan or Damon and, and Lucifer make out at one point because they're struggling with the, the, the lack of power they have in this situation. And Damon lashes out sexually the only way he can which i think is often what like women can be forced to do under a patriarchal system where they lash out at each other um Mm -hmm. like i i i see what she was doing let's just put it that way it's very uncomfortable to read yeah no i mean i i um i definitely agree that it is a it's a brilliant um flip of like how like how do you explain to someone who doesn't live it what it feels like to be like to to feel sexually vulnerable to feel right to be objectified like at you, 13 yeah right to to feel like you are constantly like subject to someone else's sexual whim i mean whether they're acted on or not that isn't the point it's more like you know in our culture if any like male walking on the street like has absolute free reign to ogle you or to catcall you or to basically look at you and like store your image later for his sexual fantasies um like how does that feel and so she's like it does a brilliant job because it's not like you can't mistake this for you know just another uh fantasy society where you know women are exploited like they are here you know like it's very it's a very blatant way to say like this shit's fucked up by right it's like it is seems more uncomfortable it seems more uncomfortable because women are doing are perpetrating so much of the sexual violence because we're not used to that so it highlights it but it's not so right. much different than yeah. the kind of you know male on female sexual violence that we've become accustomed to in in novels like this yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, it's ogling. It's the expectation that you're sexually available, that like, you know, you want it anytime or that all I have to do is say, you know, oh, come to my bed tonight, slave, and I'm going to get fucked exactly the way I want, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's, um, I, I mean, I I've, know, read, just... I've read a lot of, of, uh, well, not a lot, but I've read some other books that have, um, enslaved male sexual kind of topics i'm thinking of the captive prince books um Mm -hmm. that don't feel like this at all possibly because there's no incest (laughs) but it's still like those books are still uncomfortable because of the violence like it's male on male Mm -hmm. violence but there's there is a lot of torture and stuff going on in that as well and yet somehow possibly because of the way the society that we live in i am way more squicked out when the grandmother is fucking her grandson or what or selling mm-hmm. off her granddaughter to her own husband or she's got like a lot of these women have like their husbands and then their lovers and then they bring a daemon to be like an extra lover when the other guy needs a day off. I, it's so insane the over sexualization of everything and yet mm-hmm. 80s music videos so it yep. makes sense <laughs> yeah it's hard. It is very like, <laughs> I think, I mean, at some point I was texting you and I was like, what's with all the incest? <laughs> so much yeah. of it. Uh, and so it's not the incest. kind of like, it's not the kind of consensual incest like we have in Game of Thrones where it's like, that's how he gets away with it. It's because it's consensual. There are, 
Right, like, like they're adults and they're consenting and there's actually kind of something sweet about it. Like, we've always had each other and we can only trust each other. And Yeah, and yeah. Like, you know, like at least, at least that's how – and to me, I'm reading it. I'm not one of them. I don't give a shit. They want to fuck? Cool. Fuck. Like, I know you're related and that's gross, but at least you both want to <laughs> do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not right. rape. Um, it's not grooming. So uh, – yeah. So our main characters, <laughs> Satan, Damon, and Lucifer, do think that this is a fucked up system. They don't like it. They think it's a perversion of the beautiful society that they that they came from, where these queens would assemble their courts and all the men around them would. They, she trusted them implicitly, and like nobody was doing anything gross, right? Mm-hmm. However. To go back to maybe Tanith Lee or the Snow Queen, there's also laid on top of this fake matriarchal, with air quotes, patriarchal society, there is the feminine magic mystique. Uh, mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> do women... So, there's this whole thing about being speared, which is a, euph- a euphemism for uh, getting a dick in you. Uh, that seems to be a requirement of the magic that eventually you have to be speared. Uh, and then as you're being speared, the, one of the important things is that the male that is spearing you has to like support you. Otherwise you will be broken. Uh, and then with Janelle specifically, they refer to like the broken chalice. Uh, Damon sees a vision or Damon's mother sees a vision about the broken tr- chalice. Which is, I guess, like... Uh, um, in a, like in there's a lot of importance less... placed on that hymen, I just gotta say. It's like, that hymen yeah, is it, everything. It is the gateway to all the magic. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think the, the idea is that, like, um, the magic come Like, the magic is intimately related to, like, your inner web of self. and Which apparently is you... tied up in your hymen. Can you tell which, that I'm yeah, I mean, bitter it's... and mad about this? <laughs> no, I mean, like... Uh... <laughs> It, yeah, we. Anyway, so just to explain, like the mechanism of it to our listeners who may not choose to read these books, um, the idea is that on your virgin night, if like if you're not supported in like I guess essentially emotionally, um, you might uh, break through your like your inner web of like yourself, and that can break your magic. It can also break your mind, and so some you know some women are like they can't like they're broken back to their birth birthright jewel where they can't ever go dark, you know, is the three levels darker that they could have. Um, or some of them are like their jewels broken completely. They're back to basic craft. Some of them go mad. And so, um, yeah, I think in like, this world there clear, are, is like my issue with this is not that rape is bad, right? Like obviously rape is really right. bad when you saw, when you are raped, you know, that's the kind of mental, damage that is done to you you don't just bounce Correct. back from that but i i just have a hard time with it like being the end all be all of of this magical right system. It, right i mean does it actually logically make sense within the system or is it kind of a convenient plot device to keep like a sexual threat from males in this matriarchal society right like that they still have power like you know they're they're enslaved and they're not the they're you know they have to they, they don't seem to have a choice like satan talks about how he doesn't have a choice like he as soon as janelle became 
witch, as soon as she appeared on the scene, he was part of her court. Like, she's the most powerful, powerful, and he's the most powerful, and he gets sucked into her web. Whether she, whether she even accepts him or not, right? He's kind of mm-hmm. pledging himself it's, to her. Yeah, it's, it's almost like there's this, um, like a, almost like a gravitational pull is exerted by you know a queen that powerful, and so like he can't escape like wanting to be in contact with her, wanting to serve, wanting to you know be right. Is um, that because she, will she only attract like? others powerful enough to be in her court because there are she's encounters other men who do not seem to be react to her that way yeah Yeah. i think that's um i think that's kind of the implication that um like her power is so So it's like if you're not attracted to me you're weak fuck (laughs) (laughs) right exactly um but uh, yeah i think that's the idea that her power is like so dark that um like you have to be very like far into the darkness yourself to even feel it and then like that's you know what creates right. um right i guess that's, that's established it. when because they some of them who are like on certain color wavelengths can like they can send out mental messages to only other people of that wavelength so yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense um so so all of that is a thing and then the next thing <laughs> trigger warning for good reason the next thing is that janelle is 12 Mm-hmm. And not um, not the twelve that's like getting your period and right. reading very Tiger specifically Beat and pretending you're fifteen twelve like right yeah she's very very like she, really she reads to me more like ten yeah like but, her yeah. being a child is extremely important not only to how she interacts with others but in how they interact and are attracted to her like she has to be a child Mm -hmm. uh now what what is Anne trying to do i mean like i kind of flippantly said in a text earlier um that like this when i when i finished this book my first reaction was something has happened to Anne bishop which is probably not fair to say um but i i don't know like whether it happened to her or she is um connected to someone who has gone through something mm-hmm. like this and she's just trying to work through that right yeah. um because like our main characters are good you pointed out they're chivalric they know the right they know um, the difference between white and right and wrong and their morals align pretty much with the morals of the reader right a modern mm-hmm. yeah we- american reader western civilization reader however the fact that Janelle is a child and she's got, so like Satan is obviously the father figure, although he admits many times that he is still sexually stimulated by her. Mm-hmm. Damon knows he's going to fuck her. He's literally counting down the months till she's old enough. Like he, like he's really invested. Like at one point he's satan says like oh she only has to be 17 or something and damon's like oh really like that's younger than i thought um (laughs) and then i think her only interaction with luke lucivar who we don't get to see that much is like he says come back to me when you're 19 um so that's kind of like that whole weird thing where you know how like in pop culture like a young actress will turn 18 
Mm-hmm. And like suddenly it's like, put her on the magazine. She's 18. She's on the market. That's kind of how that felt. It was like a critique of this obsession with like youngness, but also a, an accessible youngness. So Janelle is not yet accessible. And the titillation of her becoming accessible is kind of like the main tension between her and especially Damon, but also her and, and the other characters. Uh, she's quite innocent herself. Like she ends up in a, in a kind of hospital for affluent young women. Um, that is really a pedophilia ring. Yep. And in that learns kind of the hard way, what, what sex is. And she can see the ghosts of girls who have been killed that way, who have, who have been maimed, who, who killed themselves on accident or on purpose. Um, so she's very aware of all the bad things that come along with sex and like not aware of any of the good things, but she's also 12. So there really isn't anything good about sex when you're 12. Right. <laughs> and that all culminates like Damon, like the first, like, I don't know what's when she's milking his tooth or whatever, but he, oh yeah, she compliments his outfit and then he puts his outfit away and like, I'll bring that back out later when it's yeah. for her. He's like, th- those outfits would only be displayed for one woman and he's like, you know, future Janelle. <laughs> Yeah, future Janelle. But, like, also, like, she'll, she'll like, hug him or something innocently like a child. He's her friend. That's the thing that bothers mm-hmm. me the most is, like, he goes to her house. He's sent there. He doesn't, like, go with, like, intentions of, like, I'm going to get Janelle. But he is sent there. And then when he realizes that she is there as well, he's like, well, I'm going to ingratiate myself with her because he can't help himself because he's part of her court, like we said. But it's also, like, uh, okay, what you doing, Damon? And he walks with her plays with her hugs her you know is very weirdly he always has to be touching her he even talks to himself about how he has to he always wants to touch her he knows Mm -hmm. it's wrong that she's 12 gotta keep saying that but he (laughs) does it anyway it's almost a sympathetic writing of a person who grooms a child yeah i don't think it's almost i think it is a sympathetic portrayal of a man who grooms a young girl and that's so fucking what <laughs> I, and which is why that leads me to think something happened to Ann Bishop or someone that she knows what would motivate a person to write a sympathetic portrayal of a pedophile. Well, like he I wants mean, her to be older. And then later on when they have that encounter, she is older in his mind, mm-hmm. but he still knows intellectually that she's 12 yeah. <laughs> and he's both disgusted with himself and horrified with himself and yet can't help it. Yeah. I mean, these, um, this, this first book especially is just, it's so uncomfortable to read. And I, mean, I it, so it, I have to, I have to be honest with you. Like I, sometimes if I get, if I'm reading like a, a romance book or something on the train and I get to like a steamy part, I'm like, oh, I can't read this. Cause like a guy next to me is probably can glance over what I'm reading and be like, well, fuck lady. <laughs> I felt the same way about these scenes. I was like, people are going to look over and be like, what the fuck is she reading? <laughs> it was hard. It was really hard, especially that last chapter. So hard. Yeah. Um, so, and I think it's supposed to be okay because because of the cock ring. 
I guess. At that point, he's broken it off. Well, yeah, I know at that point he'd broken it off. But I think, like, all the feeling, the feel, you know, like, his, his endless back and forth between himself. Yeah. And even well, Satan as well. Although Satan doesn't have a cock ring. But what? Okay. It makes but, him I mean, impotent, I, I, basically, I, listener. I, the cock ring makes him impotent. So. Yeah. Well, not. No, it doesn't. Um, Like, it. it the. <laughs> the cock rings. <laughs> The cock rings are rings of control. And so it's connected to like a ring that is magically connected to a ring that a witch can wear on her finger. And so with that, she can monitor the ringed male's um, emotions and physical arousals and things like that. Um, And she has the ability to send pain into his ring. So if he is disobedient, if he's lousy in bed, if, you know, she just wants a laugh, uh, she can, you know, send any level of like, yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable, but you can walk it off to like literally debilitating. You can't walk through pain like this levels of pain to his cock ring. The reason Damon is impotent is because he's like the only one he can get it up for is which. Right. So, okay. Well, yeah. that's even more problematic. I thought it was supposed to be that he had been magically neutered and Janelle was safe. But no, of course not. No. Um, no. no. She's very so, not safe. Yeah. So I, I think the I'm going to offer a, a counter explanation that might have been Bishop's intention. And uh, it's, I guess, an idea of like what your soul is hungry for as being somewhat distinct from what your body is hungry for. And so I think um, for all of, like, the, the the men in this situation, like Satan, Lucifer, Damon, like, their souls are hungry for, like, a dark, powerful witch who is not just their, like, equal, but, like, their superior. And, like, someone that they can truly serve that won't be afraid of them because her power is greater than theirs. And so it's like the there's this um, uncomfortable tension between, like the that sort of soul esoteric metaphysical like longing for that thing larger than yourself and then you're also housed in this physical body that's having a physical response to this person that's like completely inappropriate so i think that might have been what she was going for but i mean it's it is off it's like she every single time it happens she does offer the reader the acknowledgement that it's wrong this is fucked up yeah, that it's fucked up. So she's not like, it's just very difficult to, for me anyway, to read a story and be like, because like, you know, I'm also thinking like, Damon is Reese. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're not the, like, she, I, I, like, in that way, it's also bad that I read Mass before reading this because I'm trying to kind of make it all fit in a, you mm-hmm. know, when it doesn't. I mean, it's also like they are literally led around and controlled by their dicks. Like just literally. Well, but I mean, for to be fair, the way she portrays at least the sort of tainted queens, they all seem to be, you know, led around. Wait, at one point doesn't he bite off a woman's clit? (laughs) (laughs) Did that happen? Did I read that? Oh no, that totally happened. Um, oh my god that's why that's he why does lucifer. she forces him wait it's not is it her is it damon or is it lucifer no, it's, it's lucifer and he's oh dosed with god. like an aphrodisiac that basically like you lose your mind when you're on it and you lose like physical control of yourself so you know um she forces she, him to eat her out in a weird power play right and he sort of goes crazy and ends up biting off her clit and that's why he gets sent to and the salt spitting mines it and, out and on cruel. the ground 
Yeah. Um, this book, I am okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. weird because, like, I I read it and then like. You're right. It doesn't stand alone as its own story. Like it just kind of ends at the height of a of a of a problem. So I like bought the second book. Like I like clicked yes. Like at the end, like yes, I would like the second book. Why did I do that? Like what about? I mean, I don't want to. It's just so problematic. Like I don't want to be that person who's like I won't read anything if it doesn't align to you know, everything that I hold in my body. Like I, I, I'm not that kind of reader. I'm, I'm really okay with being uncomfortable or with kind of, you know, looking at that kind of stuff. I, I, I just, I, I have a hard time. Because there, there's, there is something very compelling about all of these characters and like you kind of fall in love with them and you, you know, like want them to, do right you want them to escape from this you know hell that they're living in <clears throat> like a in that sense a non-literal hell but a mm-hmm. you know uh allegorical hell and um be able to find like some kind of peace and happiness and like and the bad guys you just want to and... i really just want to see them get theirs like i'm ready yeah you really just want to see them cause... get their their shit fucked up like just die so janelle is raped by her father, maybe. Is um, that her father? Is Bobby? Is Bobby who does it? Right. Well, and no. In the uh, the actual physical violation, I think is either. I think it's Greer who does it. Oh, it's it. Greer. So Greer is the guy who killed Surreal Surreal's mother. Correct. Uh, um, wrong okay. name. Titian is. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Titian. T name. Yeah. T name. Titian. Tersa is Damon's mother. Yes. And okay. she's still alive, just, uh, you know, crazy. In the Twisted She's in the kingdom. Twisted Kingdom. Yeah. So, okay. So, Janelle, they all, like, she gets taken to Briarwood. Um, and there's, like, a, p- a pedophile orgy, whatever. And they're all trying to get to her. Uh, and they fail. She is, she is raped. And she's raped violently. She's like yeah. torn up inside. She's dying. She's bleeding. Yeah, like the the implication is like that he had like put something on his junk that would like like a, I don't know a spike, a uh, magic spike. I don't know, but something that would physically tear her up. Like not just the violation, but that would actually be like, you know, making her bleed to death. Um, right, because they're not just they're not just pedophiles. They're sadists. And Correct. it's ironic that Damon is nicknamed the sadist because all he does is make women come without touching them. Yes. That's that's why they call him the sadist. Uh, because he won't actually put his dick in you. He just uses his magical air hands to get you off. And I think that's on purpose, obviously, that kind of dichotomy because we know that he's not really a sadist correct um and that this society is so fucked up that that's what they consider a sadist and not people who actually torture, torture and, and murder yeah. other people yeah yeah well there's no, they say it a couple times there's no law against murder with the blood 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. so they get her and they take her to the dark altar uh, because she can heal herself because she's such a powerful witch, but she's already gone to the Twisted Kingdom uh, and she's leaving her body behind. So Damon kind of descends into the darkness, uh, metaphysical darkness, to kind of try and call her back. Uh, when he encounters her, she's in her beast form, which is obviously older. Uh, I knew it was going to get gross as soon as I... <sighs> As soon as she spent too much time describing her weird little tail above her butt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and, uh, I was like, okay. Um, So he seduces her in the metaphysical realm because she is an orphan or or not really an orphan, but she's never been claimed. She doesn't really like her parents just are not her parents. She's alone. She flits from, from realm to realm looking for connections with people with a childlike innocence and then has her child, her childlike innocence and her own body destroyed by these pedophiles. So she's running away into the twisted kingdom, which is almost a comfort to her mind because she's also very powerful and Damon's like, well, I will seduce you with connection. So there's kind of like, he doesn't actually fuck her, but there's some rubbing, there's some grinding, there's hugging. He Definitely tells her. There's some kissing. There's some kissing. He tells her that, like, you know, he's going to help her, that she's going to be fine. But really what he's doing is he's luring her back up from the darkness, up high enough to where she kind of gets anchored back to her body. So that she can heal herself. But when she does that, she's basically catatonic. And then the story is over. But Damon is also kind of like broke himself doing that. Because he knows it was wrong because she's 12. And I keep saying 12, but it's, she's 12. And I really don't, I want to know why it was so important for her to be 12. Other than like that she make, that this child like innocence is what attracts these people which is in itself a super squicky like why can't you just be 15 or 16 you know like why can't you just make it yeah less gross <laughs> yeah because you know what uh that's that kind of grooming happening between a girl who's you know 15 and an adult male of the human race especially like an adult male that is in a guardian position of her if it was like her you know uncle daddy Bobby, you know, or Philip Alexander, or what one of them? That's still fucking squicky and gross. Or mm-hmm. like her, you know, having a strange attraction to Damon, who at this point is like seventeen hundred years old. Yeah, but he's 15. like this older guy that's living in the house, and if right. she was like on the cusp, like that's equally about- that's equally fucked up and problematic. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. if, if you want to keep the incest angle, it could be like her human uncle. That's fucked up. Like, it's fucked up if she's fifteen. Like, that's fucked up. And if yeah. it's, you know, like, my, my friend, my my hot older friend Damon, who, like, I'm sort of testing my wings as a who woman. feels protective and, of me, yeah. but is also, our relationship is changing. Yeah. Like, that's, I assume that's, that's yeah. coming in the later books, because, again, she's only 12. But, like, I, I, I just... Um, I, will, I will actually oh. say this, if it makes you and anyone still listening <laughs> to this and thinking about reading these books feel better. Um, the... The, the first book is the only one that has, like, the, to my memory, that has the serious, like, squick factor um, because the the courtship that she and Damon eventually have is a much more, like, normal and acceptably aged courtship. Um, and- well, so I have a, a book that I would like to recommend, just not officially, but so... Mm-hmm. Um- 
Um, so I'd like to recommend a book that has the kind of same dynamic bit with less of a squick factor. So they're <laughs> called they're called the Bargainer books by Laura Thalassa. Uh, the first one is called Rhapsodic, and I really the the other books um, are fine. I finished all of them, but uh, the first one I think is really special just because of its structure. So it's mm-hmm. structured as a series. So she's uh, like a woman; she's like twenty five or whatever, and then um, half of the book is flashbacks to when she was like sixteen and in magical school. And when she was sixteen and in magical school, she made a bargain with this entity, this Fey Lord called the Bargainer, who's very like dark lord of hell kind of like dude (laughs) um but really she does it because she's lonely and most people only like make one bargain with him and then he calls it in or they die um but she makes multiple or like bargains like every night and collects (laughs) all of these like all of these favors that she owes him and she slowly realizes as a 16 year old that she's kind of infatuated with him and kind of in love with him but then like why does he keep showing up which is a little squicky but he knows it Mm -hmm. um and nothing ever like nothing happens until later so that's like one of those like you know changing relationship stories that i think is a little bit more satisfying than this but i was also kind of getting that kind of deal with damon Mm -hmm and janelle where it's like okay like if she was like 15 or 16 i'd probably be completely okay with all i mean not the incest obviously but like completely okay with this kind of gray area between not that i'm advocating that but this is fiction uh (laughs) but that kind of gray area like exploration of feelings right so yeah uh i yeah i did have i mean i was that last scene is rough (laughs) yeah no it's super uncomfortable yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, is it meant to be titillating or is it meant to make you uncomfortable? You know, I don't, I, I don't know. Like I can't, I can't tell. And so, I mean, in that sense, it's actually a very masterfully written or perhaps masterfully edited um, book in that there is so much ambiguity of intention, like how much, how much of this is meant to make you think, how much of this is meant to make you uncomfortable, how much of this is meant to make you sort of see like just how, I don't know, how many shades of gray there are, um, and how much of it is like someone taking, I don't know, a titillation fantasy too far. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean like there, again, it's not like there's any like, I mean, even the rape scene isn't direct. Like we do not experience it as a reader. We only go into the room with surreal after it happens. Yeah. Like, or as, as, as it's in progress and she's, yeah, but, but, but surreal's the rescuer who, you know stops it and saves her so it's not i don't want to like give anyone the impression that this is just like a handbook (laughs) for bad behavior right (laughs) i mean it's at every step of the way bishop checks in with the reader to be like this is it makes it unambiguous that yeah. yeah yeah um so again like i i support writers writing about things that make us uncomfortable if they do it thoughtfully she's clearly thought about it a lot i just i wish i could find something that is her telling me what what she 
<laughs> what she's doing. <laughs> like, other than <laughs> making me feel incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> right. So. Um, Maybe there is a, a an interview out there somewhere. I just haven't found it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, all, all of that said, you got through, like, the hard book. Um, so one of the, uh, one of the questions in that comes up in the book, how many sides does a triangle have? Three, right. you know, four. no. <laughs> how many sides does a triangle have? Three, no, it's four. It's the three sides and then the, the queen at the center that holds them in balance. And so the sides of the, the blood triangle are father, brother, or father, lover, brother, I think. Right. And, um, and the father, like it's what is it the father and the lover or mirrors and the brother in between so if if you look at the um at the trilogy as like each book kind of has the chance for one of the male characters to really like shine um in the first book like the first book is satan's book the second mm-hmm. book is lucivar's book the third book is damon's book and obviously like they're all point of view characters um surreal continues to be a point of view character um and then, of course, we have the mustache twirling villains that continue to be, you know, their point of view characters. Um, but we never get Janelle's point of view. Um, she, but she's the thing that holds it all together. So it's I think kind of an also interesting literary done, conceit. But done on purpose because if we were in Janelle's head, there would be almost a, a requirement to dwell on some of the things that have happened to her and that she has right. witnessed, um, mm-hmm. which we don't really, we just don't need. We don't need to be there. Not right now. Not yeah. for this story. This isn't a story about, or at least I don't think it is. I don't think it's a story about her dealing with, with rape. I mean, it certainly has happened to her and she is dealing with it, but I don't think that that's the central. Um, yeah. Um, that's, and, and that's a, that's a good, that's a good differentiation to make because like Janelle has a lot of trauma, but like the, honestly, the, the rape is in a, in a weird way, kind of the least of her trauma because, you know, the main thing is that she grows up like so lonely and isolated from her family like she doesn't know what's like real only and what's friends not. like a dead a ghosts of children and shit. yeah it's... you know because she's <laughs> she's so powerful and can just sort of like literally skip between realms like you know a kid playing in a park like to her she has she has all these friends all over the place and you know she has no way to bring them back to her family her real world to know if they're real or for her family to know if they're real and i mean also there's you know the utter lack of parenting that like is ubiquitous in this society like there's no there's no parenting nobody has good parents either like they have good parents that were taken from them or they have shitty parents who don't parent like or 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 they're orphaned even Satan's fatherly instincts aren't so fatherly. Yeah. Most of the time. Like like the the love between the love and devotion between a parent and the child very conspicuously absent from, Absolutely. from this book. Like I'm I don't know, um I think I, I think I texted you at one point, like where where are the actual mothers in this matriarchy? Yeah. Because if, if any of them had an actual fucking maternal instinct, this incest like would not be happening. This like let me seduce my grown son who's kind of hot. Like that's just not a thing. Like yeah, oh. it's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean the whole the whole system just needs to be taken down. So like whatever that whatever I, that's why I I think I hit buy on that second book. I just need to see them all go down. I just have yeah. to. 
Well, you you have to get to book three, but that is in fact what the series or what the trilogy I'll, is culminating toward. Is if I've is gotten the through the so. if I've gotten through the worst of it, I've certainly read worse uh, from yeah. From and the good news is, book two writers. is Lucifer. I mean, Cassian. I mean, Lucifer's book. So. <laughs> Guy with wings and a smart, smart ass. Yeah. Um, so it's actually it, it's, it, it was interesting for me to to revisit this trilogy because it's one that i love one of the other like one of the standalone novels in this world quite a lot and i've read it multiple times um it's called the invisible ring and it's basically a very traditional romance structure to it um and um damon shows up as a side character and kind of influences things um but it's it's basically a book about those characters and i really love Lucifer's mating novella, which happens in between books two and three um, in the trilogy. So I've read that one multiple times too. Cool. But I thought I would never read this trilogy again um, for various reasons. But I didn't. I did not get rid of the book because of one particular scene in in book two, which, which is a Lucifer scene. So I can't. Uh, I can't wait to like actually revisit that one. And um, and I mean, again, like I said, this is certainly not not i don't want to say the worst but it's not the most even titillating kind of like book i've read especially like books in the 90s tended to kind of be weirdly sadomasochistic or really sexually explicit in uncomfortable ways that weren't Mm -hmm. about like i i'm sort of spoiled now especially in like this new young adult trend with romances because it's always like consent is always like a really big thing mm-hmm. and like mutual pleasure and, and, and that you know very really big thing which I love in books that's I think modeling some like I used to I, I jokingly say like all men should read a couple of those types of romances so that they can just kind of like understand inherently what consent is I think it's like yeah. a good example <laughs> rather than like the constant having to like lady explain what what consent actually is doesn't mean you have to stop in the middle of sex and be like can you please sign this contract that yes you would like me to insert my penis in your vagina um (laughs) but uh, you know sometimes jokingly see men talk about but uh uh, criticisms obviously very uncomfortable subjects that may or may not be worth it to you as a reader to kind of go through that to descend into that darkness um also just like wheel of time or some of the other kind of 90s era uh fantasy novels very binary there isn't really a lot of room uh for queerness that's healthy or uh trans characters or or non-binary characters uh so yeah uh maybe maybe the dragon person the person the dragon i mean maybe maybe (laughs) yeah um so um, before we do our closeout questions, was there anything else that you wanted to add, touch on? Um, I just, I, I'm going to scroll through my text because honestly, like it takes a while to get to the really squeaky stuff. So I was already like well into it by the time I got to that stuff. Uh, but I kept reading. I got to get there. Um, sorry. Oh God. I texted you a lot about this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was definitely fun to uh, to to have someone to reread it with. 
Yeah, well, I've, I mean, I've never I... known anyone else who's read these books. Um, oh, that's what we always said. We talked about Sarah Douglas in our texts about the uh, Wayfarer, the Wayfarer Redemption books, and how there's also a lot of weird mother on son uh, incest in those novels as well to denote evilness. And that was a series uh, that, like, I, I I either abandoned partway through book one or abandoned after book one. It just it wasn't it wasn't to my taste. Yeah. So here's the section I wanted to read. Uh, this is the, um, please put yourself in a misty fog machine room. Uh, it's dark. There's a spotlight, uh, and there's a man on a throne of skulls and it says, he says he no longer cared about hell. He no longer cared about the demon dead family and friends who were still with him or the other demon dead and ghostly citizens of this realm, the blood who were still too strong to return to the darkness, even after their bodies had died. Like what so metal um so metal uh and then also the super the text that i sent you that was just basically me being like cock rings <laughs> magical <laughs> cock rings because <laughs> she didn't tell me <laughs> that there were magical cock rings <laughs> because they're not fun magical cock rings they're like <laughs> torture devices i don't know and the thing to me i don't even understand how the fuck they work like I don't know. I've never known a dude who could like get a get it up when he's like being faced with the threat of debilitating pain. Like, I'll set your dick on fire if you don't fuck me. Really, that's <laughs> such a motivator. I don't know, but I mean, Maybe I guess that's, that's also like. But I think that's also like a good like. There's a, this is an always sunny joke, but you know, like the implication where it's like she's going to she's going to have sex with me because of the implication where it is like if you don't, mm -hmm. I will rape you. So like, right? I, I guess that's what she was kind of doing with the cock ring, uh, very literally controlling men through their dicks and threats of violence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting matriarchal society, very different from the Snow Queen. <laughs> very All, but also glimmers of the same, like remember she kept the, the lover in like bondage leather with the mask and stuff. <laughs> yeah, she but, did. You know, still in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, finally, uh, we come to our favorite questions of the night. Um, first, is it fashion? No. <laughs> Just from the description of Damon's what outfit, no, it is not fashion. Well, in the because it's that, not. Like, it's like it's like bad garage sale Jareth. It's not like <laughs> good Jareth. It's great. Right. You know. <laughs> um. And the the one outfit that like Janelle with the hat? describes He's having the excitement over is her like spider her black spider web dress and it's just like oh you know it's a nightgown yeah more eighties goth like okay yeah it's an eighties nightgown um, and otherwise I'm not sure there are outfits described in the entire book <laughs> so definitely not fashion um, all right so Rachel uh, who's gonna be your murder your Mary and your fuck. <sighs> Oh, God. All right. Murder Dorothy. Dorothea. Okay. Um, Mary. I go to Mary Lucifer because he's the least offensive one because <laughs> he's barely in it. And I guess fuck Reese. Or not Reese. Wow. See? Mm, happened again. Fuck Damon. Okay. But with the air hands. I'll do the air hands version. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so for my my murder, I'm gonna go with um with Cartain because oh, I mean 
Dorothea might be the big fish and maybe killing her, like, prevents all of it. But Cartain's the motherfucker who goes up and sets pedo rings up all over the fucking territory of Tyrell for himself. Like, what an asshole. Um, My my fuck is going to be surreal. Um, I mean, mm. she's the best. She's the best whore in the realm, and I imagine she knows what to do with a woman. So, definitely, yep. and she's way safer than any of the dudes. Uh, and she doesn't have marry. those super long nails. So, and and that too, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna marry Lucifer because he's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> and normal. He's like the one fucking normal one of them. Y'all didn't I mean, get to see it in this book, but he, he is. Trust me, he's he normal. He spends awesome. the majority of. He spends the most of the book. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's summarize Lucifer's journey. Chained up in a stables, <laughs> bites a lady's clit off, chained up in a salt mine. Those are, that's his whole, but he's real mad when he gets like even an inkling that Damon might have touched Janelle. Touched Janelle. So he's, he's extremely yes. anti-pedo, which I and, admire. And, and he was the one who like any good older brother should taught Janelle, kick a dude in the nuts if he's fucking kick with you. Kick a dude in the nuts. Stop yep. him every time. Yep. Yep. All right, and the last question is: Are there worms in it? No, 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 no. worms, no worms, no, not even a dragon. There's like that one dragony person that speaks with lots of s's. Yeah, but uh, but definitely we don't. Hell, we don't even get any graveyard worms. We just get um, ghosts and witch witch blood flowers. Yeah. All, All right. right. So, uh, what, oh, oh, it's my turn to to say what we're reading next, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I'm never prepared. Well, I mean, you can totally assign yourself book two. You can totally, or assign me book two. You can totally assign, um, the new Anne Lucky book, or you can go in a completely different direction if you want. That's a good idea. Um, Um, so, yeah. So one, I think that we should finish, finish the, the trilogy, uh, maybe the short story and do like a supplemental episode. Um, for the for the rest of the Anne Bishop books, so we'll just like whenever we get around to that, we can just record it and post it. Fantastic! Um, just kind of like how we did uh, Ancillary Justice, the the two sequels. So, uh, speaking of that, yeah, let's read the next Anne Lucky book since it comes out in like a week. Okay, fantastic! Great, we're gonna read Fantasy by Anne Lucky, and it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. What, what's it called? Like the the Ravens Tower or something? Ravens, like that? right? So th- we're gonna break our rules as we do for Anne Lucky, uh, because we're gonna read a book that neither of us have read. Uh, but that's fine because we have precedence for that, and I think a lot of people are gonna read that. But it's called the Raven Tower. Um, so yeah, let's read that. Awesome! Can't wait. Cool. Alrighty. Well, well thanks for next introducing me. Yeah, thanks for introducing me to the many levels of jewels. I'll never. <laughs> it's like oh, so weird. Another <laughs> night, may the darkness be merciful. Thank you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.